Welcome to the Pro Tips Podcast, brought to you by Noodle Pros and Inspirica. We are the only podcast that provides expert tips from professional test prep tutors, education consultants, and education insiders. I'd like to welcome Kate Fisher, who is an extraordinary tutor. She's been tutoring kids in New York City and basically all over the world um, with students of all ages for all things. She, There's nothing that she can't really do as far as I know, maybe some odd language, but we'll find out during this podcast. Anyway, Kate, it's nice to meet you and see you again. You too, Lisa. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so you're going to talk about the three main differences and similarities between SAT and ACT. I think a lot of parents, obviously, these tests are really different from when they took them. For a lot of these parents, the ACT wasn't even an option or the SAT wasn't an option. So I think that the idea that they could walk away with some take-home value of some bullet bulleted points of, of how they're different would be really, really useful. So we'd love to hear what you think. Absolutely, Lisa, and I'd love to share what I think. It's interesting because I was talking to a parent the other day and they have a child in ninth grade and his the mom asked me, should he start studying vocabulary for the SAT? And I said, no, it's not on there anymore. So you're right, the tests have changed a lot. Um, even, even since I've started my career. So the three main, everyone, every college that takes the SAT takes the ACT and vice versa. The main differences are the timing, the different sections and the scoring. By the way, Kate, uh, ambulances are fine. Everybody knows you're in Manhattan, so it's totally fine. <laughs> I know, that's all right. It's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, I'm sure there'll be a jack, I'm sure there'll be a jackhammer next, but okay, there you continue. Can, but yeah, there was construction upstairs, but luckily it's, it's paused for now. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of folks get really concerned about the timing for the ACT and the timing for the ACT does tend to be tighter. The English section is 45 minutes. The math is 60 questions in 60 minutes. And the, the reading and science sections, both of which have you know, multiple passages with a total of 40 questions are 35 minutes each. So that's not just less than a minute per question. That's less than a minute per question plus reading the actual passages. So the timing is a little tight. The other you know, main difference is the SAT does not have the science section and a lot of folks kind of shy away from the ACT, especially students who are stronger in humanities because they hear that there's a science section and they just shut that down right away. The SAT does not have a science section, but they have charts and graphs and infographics embedded not only in the math section, but also in the reading and writing and language sections. So are you saying it's not called science, but there are some similar some similarities. Absolutely. When spread out. Exactly. When College Board revamped the SAT for 2016, they sort of added data interpretation to sort of even the playing field with the ACT. Interestingly, there is a subscore for the SAT called analysis and science, although colleges don't really look at those subscores. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the timing and the SAT timing is a little more generous. It's a lot of students who struggle with timing are, are more comfortable with the SAT. In terms of sections, the only, you know, obviously the ACT has a science section, the ACT English section and the SAT writing and language section, both test grammar. They both test grammar in a pretty straightforward way. It's passage-based, you make corrections. The only difference is that again, the SAT writing and language section has a, the occasional chart or graph to go along with the passage. So there's a little bit of interpretation there. Got it. 
Got it. Okay, what else? What else can you can you help us with in terms of differences and similarities? One, so let's look at why students take the SAT or ACT. They take it for college admissions. So the most important aspect is really what's going getting sent to colleges. The ACT is out of 36, and that main score is just the average of how students perform on the four different sections, English, reading, science, and math. And it's you get a score of between one and 36 for all four sections, and your composite score, which is that final score, is just an average of those four sections, and they do round up. So if you have a 32.5, that's actually going to turn into a 33. And for the most part, colleges are really looking at that composite score. They might look at the breakdown a little bit, but if you go on college admissions websites and the admissions departments, they're really looking at that composite score. SAT, which people are far more familiar with, at least in the Northeast, is that 800 math, 800 verbal. So for a total of 1600 and, and the SAT, the lowest score per section is 200. Now what's interesting there is colleges tend to look at the split more. So I always tell students when, when families come to me and they're deciding between the SAT and the ACT, the best way I explain it is if a student applies with a 1500, but it's 800, 700 versus 750, 750, the 750, 750 is actually better because wow. it, knows a more, a more well-rounded student, a more balanced student, whereas a, a 100 point disparity between the two sections can, is, a, is not as preferred. That makes a lot of sense. I'm sure people have, never, have not thought of that because it makes you look like you're equally good at both. Exactly, and, that's, and that's, a lot of colleges, they really want well-rounded students who have not been fully formed, you know, who want kids to come in and, and become their best selves and their best academic selves and scholars at that college. The other thing worth noting, I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention this in terms of SAT versus ACT differences, is that for ACT, there's a calculator allowed on the entirety of the math section, whereas the SAT splits the math section up, one no calculator section and one calculator section. Mm. So it. that can be tough for students who, who might not have, you know, they're, they're they're taking, it's actually funny because sometimes it's the students who are taking incredibly advanced math who haven't not had access to a calculator in five or six years. Oh, that's so interesting. I mean, who would think of that? It's I, every time, whenever I start with an SAT or ACT student, half of it is remembering the math they learned in sixth grade. Wow. Yeah. And what about, let me ask you something else. So there's, there, you know, when people go online and try, parents in particular, and try to figure out which is a better test for my kid, or they, you know, are at a cocktail party and that's all everybody talks about when it comes to, you know, or in the grocery store line, <laughs> sure. um, junior year. What, I, I understand um, you have a revolutionary sort of, you know, uh, I won't call it a product, but a way to differentiate between if a student should take an SAT and an ACT. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So a lot of, you know, students, when they're sitting down to take an SAT or ACT, they take a full-length SAT practice test and a full-length ACT practice test, and you, you compare them and you look at them, which felt better. That's a lot of time, though. You're talking about seven or eight hours of testing even before you start preparation, and you're also using a, a practice test up just for that diagnostic information. Mm. You mean because there's limited materials out there? 
More so for the SAT than the ACT, yes. Because remember, the SAT in its current iteration is kind of a baby comparatively. It's only five years old at this point. So, there oh, so you can't tests. use the much older tests that used to be published. Anything before March 2016 is just not, it's, it, that was the 2400 point SAT. So even the reading comprehension is different now. So it's, it's really, there's a limited repository of real SATs. Um, but at Noodle Pros and Inspirica, we have this awesome tool that it's just as a test preparation nerd, I'm so excited by it because it's, it's one test. It's called the SAT ACT Pathfinder because you can find your path, which test you're going to prepare for. And it's one diagnostic with sections from both tests. And that one test tells you which exam is a better fit for you. And not only which exam is a better fit, but also what is your preparation path look like? What are your strengths? What do you need to work on? How, what is going to be the most efficient and effective use of your time preparing for whichever test is the best fit for you? And we have these cool profiles. You're this kind of test taker or that kind of test taker. And it's a really nice way to, to get exposure to, to both and make a much, a, a more sound decision that's less cognitive effort upfront. This is a long process. This is a hard process. It's a high stakes exam. And what this does is take some of the guesswork out of it. That's really interesting because I guess if you start by taking the test that is better for you, your score is already going to be higher. Absolutely. Right? And, and it's because it's just one test. Oftentimes when, when students spend a couple of weekends and they do one, one full length SAT and one full length ACT just to determine which one they're doing, they often sort of, there's a bias against whichever one they took first or second. And it depends uh, on the day because it's one sitting and the administration of that Pathfinder diagnostic exam is controlled. It evens the playing field and takes away those other factors that often contribute to student choice. That's great. I mean, I also noticed when I looked at the Pathfinder myself that um, you can't tell which questions are SAT or ACT. So you can't game it, right? Or you won't be biased by thinking I'm better at the SAT for some unknown reason. Well, I think the unknown reason is probably chatter in the school. Yes. I, you know, I tell my students to always like put on earmuffs, you know, so many times, well, my friend said that they, you know, they did this and that that's what I should do too. And I said, well, you, you're, you and your friend have very different brains and goals. You know, you're two different people. And that means you need two different paths toward preparation and possibly two different exams. That's great advice. Well, thank you so much for coming on test preparation nerd, Kate Fisher. <laughs> Thanks, I didn't know that was your moniker, but um, um, <laughs> if you want to find Kate or work with Kate, go to noodlepros.com. She's also on Instagram and TikTok because she's very cool at Kate Fisher NYC, F-I-S-H-E-R. And um, if you want to find out more about the Pathfinder, go to noodlepros.com. I think it's not even on there yet. It's such a new product, but you can always call the number and, and find out how to get it. So Kate, we'd love to have you on again. Thank you so much for your time and your great advice. Thank you, Lisa. Have a good one. Thank you for listening today. To learn more about Noodle Pros, Inspirica, or our guests, reach out to us at 844-663-9484 or noodlepros.com or inspirica.com. This is Lisa Jacobson wishing you happy learning. Come back next time for another Inside Expert and even more pro tips.